0: turn with me over to the book of Luke we're going to continue our Christmas series today the title of the message is called to birth called to birth called to birth we're going to look look at Luke chapter 1 verse 26 through 38 Luke 1, 26 through 38 it says now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement, and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was, verse 30. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus, and he will be great, and be called son of the most high and the lord god will give him the throne of his father david and he will have the throne and he will reign over the house of jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end verse 34 mary said to the angel how can this be since i am a virgin and the angel answered and said to her the holy spirit will come upon you and the most the power of the most high will overshadow you and for that reason the holy child shall be called the son of god and behold even your relative elizabeth has also conceived in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. Verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the bondslave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Lord, have your way, I pray. Help us as we study your word. Amen. Two things about which I'd like to speak to you. One, the messenger, and two, the meeting. The angel Gabriel has been sent by God to let Mary know that she's got a specific task, an unusual task, one that has never been performed by a human being. The angel Gabriel (coughs) happened to be the angel that was in charge of Messianic proclamation. There were three archangels, and it was reduced down to two. Because one seemed to rebel. In Isaiah chapter 14 and then in Ezekiel 28 we see this archangel Lucifer who had the ability to amplify the praise and worship that was to be given to God and that he was constructed to do so decide he would take it for himself and not transfer it to him. And as a result he became no longer Lucifer but Satan, the deceiver and as we know now, devil. He took some one-third of the angelic beings, we believe, with him and those became his demons. There's another one named Michael who is in charge of war, it seems to be. We see him uh, amplified in the book of Daniel where Daniel was trying to pray through and it took 21 days and Michael said, I was warring with the prince of Persia. That's how long it took me to get to you. And so Michael seems to do the bidding for God's battles in the heavenlies so that the saints can do what they need to do and get what they need to get and then there's Gabriel who's over messianic proclamation Gabriel has already been to uh, Mary's uh, relative Elizabeth and Elizabeth is an aged woman she's married to a guy named Zechariah and the angel has already told Zechariah who was a priest and he was ministering in the temple told Zechariah the Lord has answered your prayer you're going to have a son the problem is, Zachariah is now in his retirement years. Elizabeth is in her aged years. They're trying to figure out how to get to their second home, beach home down in Florida, in Tampa. And <clears throat> they're not about having children. It's one of these, you're answering my, my, my prayer. We, we prayed that f- for 40 years ago. That prayer was when we were in our 20s. We're now in our we're, I have my AARP card now, Lord. I, <laughs> Are, are you uh, you're answering it now are you really and Zachariah wasn't about it Elizabeth was really happy because she who was barren is now able to bear wow she's excited but Zachariah wouldn't have any of it any of it and God shut him up because he was so negative in his response to this moment and for nine months he could not speak which was a benefit to his wife I'm not saying that on mass and not as a broad brush as yeah. I'm just saying it because he probably, with his negative words, would make the pregnancy miserable for his wife. And so she was able to at least rejoice in this moment. But this Elizabeth is the one that is a relative of Mary. And Elizabeth would bear the son who would prepare the way for Mary's boy. So Elizabeth would bear John the Baptist, Mary would bear Jesus. And indeed Elizabeth was the help to Mary in this process. Right after this moment, it says that Mary, after the angel told her what was happening with Elizabeth and what would happen to her, she went down to the area of Judea where Elizabeth was and kind of fellowship with her because she thought, well, maybe we have some, some common bond here. God seems to have told me something happened to you that was supernatural. And something's happening to me. And so she goes down to visit her. And before she can even announce what has happened to her, meaning Mary announced it to Elizabeth, she just says, Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth hears her voice, Elizabeth says to her, how is it that the mother of my Lord has come to me? Doesn't even know she's pregnant naturally. But the Holy Spirit comes on Elizabeth and prophesies to Mary about this child that is in her womb. And Mary is not... Mary is two weeks pregnant. There's no show in there. So what we've got is a beautiful confirmation from Elizabeth to Mary about what God has done for Mary. Whenever God asks you to do the unusual, he's always going to help you with confirmations along the way. You don't have to go with just your subjective sense, though it would be enough. The Lord said to her, your relative Elizabeth can help you. She went down and she stayed with Elizabeth for three months how long why do we know that it says until john the baptist was born and elizabeth was in her sixth month by the time that mary now got back to to galilee she was probably showing a little bit but she had three months with one of the most incredible mentors she could ever have a relative, an encourager, somebody with whom she could talk about their common destinies of their boys, how they were going to dovetail. It was an amazing three months. And somebody who could help her with, "Uh, Elizabeth, how do I tell mom? How do I tell dad? Could you help me? Could you like go with, can you hold my hand? It was going to be a tough time for Mary. We don't have any of those conversations. I'm making all of that up, but I can guarantee you they happened. Mary's 16, 15 years old. She doesn't know what to do or how to manage this. All she knows is that she needs to obey. Elizabeth was a great support to this girl, great support. But the angel Gabriel was responsible for all of these proclamations. And when he appears, it doesn't seem that he appears like normal angels are as God created them, that they had this ability to morph into human appearance, that angelic beings are different than us. They are created beings. We would consider them supernatural because they do things outside of our natural bounds, but whatever they do is natural to them. It's just different creative abilities. But when they usually appear in the Old Testament, they are ominous, big, Strong, amazing, fast, all that. The the kind of beings that make you think you need to bow in front of them because they are so other than we are. John, in the book of Revelation, an apostle who knows what Jesus looks like, gets confused as he's looking at all of these revelations in the book, book of Revelation. And he bows down to an angel. And the angel has to correct him and says, no, no, I'm not him. Get up. That's how amazing these beings are. Yet Mary feels no sense to bow, which means that this angel is now probably presented to her in human appearance so that she thinks it's just a guy talking to her. And you'd be surprised the supernatural stuff that comes out of human appearance people. I'm not much. But if you listen to what I say, I can help you. I may not be exactly what you hoped when you thought about coming to church today. Somebody drug you in and said, I got to listen to him, really? I get it. I have to live with me too, and I'm not real satisfied. I get it. I'm not much. But please do not look at the human appearance in the form and begin to judge whether credibility can be attained by you through me. Begin to allow the Holy Spirit to to open your ears so you can hear what I'm saying, so that you can be what you ought to be and do what you ought to do. This angelic being comes to her. Hail, favored one. The Lord is with you. And all Mary is concerned about is why are you greeting me like that? What is it about your presentation that's so different than everybody else? then they would just say hello Mary and I want you to know that when God comes to you and he's got an assignment for you there is a favor that rests on your life see Mary was called to birth something but so are you oh not in the magnitude of what she was called to birth I mean this was the son of almighty God this was, this was the savior of the world but you've got a purpose on the planet just like she did and your purpose is significant just like hers was and God comes to you and when he comes he comes to present favor on your life so you can accomplish that which he's called you to do that you cannot do on your own that's what the favor is for so when he comes I want you to hear hail favored one you've heard of the Gergeshites? Those are some of the people that needed to be kicked out of the promised land when the people of Israel moved in. The Hittites, the Am- 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 Amalekites, the Amorites, you are his favorites. <clears throat> Sorry, that's, that's, that's really a bad one. But <clears throat> his favor is on your life. His favor is on your life. His favor is on your life. Thank you. I realize you've you've kind of categorized yourself as a certain kind of human being that's capable of certain things. But when God is with you, nothing is impossible. Hail, favored one. The Lord is with you. He can birth things through you that you cannot on your own. He can change your world. He can help you become what you never thought you could be on your own. The favor of God is there for that. Hail, favored one. He is with you. And there is no kind of he's with you a little bit. He's with you halfway. He's with you a couple of hours. If he's with you, he's with you. If he's not, he's not. He's not with you a little bit. And if he is with you, he's with you like he was when he was with everybody else he said he was with. Same way. We just don't recognize it because we don't give him access to our life to the degree that those people in the Bible that we read about did. And so we don't experience the same kind of favor expressed through us that's been given to us. And the favor that's been given to us is supposed to be expressed through us to benefit the world. That's why you are still here to let the favor of God pour through your life to help somebody else experience it. Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. Called you to birth something in this world. And it says he he, he came now, the the, the messenger came to a a woman who was a virgin. God is attracted to purity. Purity. It's kind of like a magnet that draws him and the 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 dichotomy is this that none of us innately have the ability to draw him to us at all because none of us is pure in and of ourselves we've already blown it we have pre-disqualified ourselves none of us are pure None of us are good. Not one of us, Paul says in Romans 3, are good. We have fallen so far short of the glory of God, there is no way we could ever reach it, no matter how many good works we try to to put one after another and build a ladder back to them. We can't get there. So the only way we can find purity is if we present ourselves to Him and say, make us what I'm not, please. Help me become what I need to be. And then the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of us and purifies us, takes all that sin and the stain of it and wipes it away so that now the board is clean. And then he says, now, be holy as I am holy. Begin to act out what is on the inside. Become more of what I want you to be. I have birthed purity on the inside of you. Now let it be reflected in your actions and your deeds and your words and your thoughts. Be holy, for I am holy. Why would God say that? Because we're made in his image. And anything less than his image reflected on the earth is less than he wants to be seen. So the best way people can see him is to see us. Therefore, he says, be like me because I've created you to be like me. Be holy, for I am holy. When you look at me, that's how you ought to be. Purity attracts Him. And the more pure you are, the more you're going to experience the grace to be able to do what he'd like you to do. Now, if you don't get to the level of purity that you'd like, are you disqualified? (laughs) God wouldn't be able to do anything. If if, if, If he is waiting for us to get all right, there's no hope. There's no hope for any of us because we can't get there. So there's nothing about perfection that needs to be attained before he's able to use us. But there is a lot about submitting to him that needs to be done before he can use us the way he wants to. So if we will just present ourselves to him, he will take all of the flaws and make them as if they don't exist. He'll reduce them down to a minimum so that when, when Brett, you preach, people think you're really right. Right? They think you are really holy and pure and that you never have any problems and that, that you came out of your mama speaking in tongues and wagging a Bible. they not think that. Why? Because he does stuff that I couldn't do on my own. Yet I know my frailty and I know my flaws and I know my issues. Yet he's not, he's not impeded by those. They don't stop him. He's bigger than them. That is not an excuse for me to settle and say, Well, I can do what I want to do and still he'll move. No, 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 no. Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you if you got that attitude. You go out and do your dirt and then come on a Sunday morning and lift your hand. Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. Your heart is not right. That you might sin, that you might do something wrong. I get it. You're flawed, just like me. You come in saying, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. I blew it. I want to get right. Help this week. Be better than last, please. You work like that. God can work with that not looking for perfection. He's looking for availability. He wants to burst something through you. This woman had some purity, though, and the more pure you are, the better stuff comes out of you. Yeah. ever... Mm, I got to be careful here. James said, it is not right that bitter and sweet water come out of the same stream. Should not be. It doesn't happen in nature. It ought not happen in a pulpit. You shouldn't have this mixture. Whereby on Sunday morning, it, 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 what he's saying sounds right. But there's something just a little bit off. Just a, what, it just seems a little slippery. Just a little slippery, just a little too slick for the gospel. I I don't know exactly what it is, but he's he's preaching it. You shouldn't get two messages out of one messenger. The cleaner you are, the more pure the message is that is birthed out of you. This is why God wants his people to be right, because he doesn't want folks to be confused and have to settle for less. Because they already got to settle for less. Let's not settle for less, less. Secondly, it says that she was engaged. God likes to use people that are already busy doing something. Got something going on. People who don't have anything going on, there's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason. If you have something going on, you are a good candidate to be used by God. And 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 engaged. She was engaged. Boy, this is going to wreck her life. God comes to wreck your life. He loves you like that. He loves you like that. He comes to wreck your life. Because the only way he can make it better is to destroy the old one. It's the only way he can make it better is to destroy the old one. And you've got a plan about how you want your life to go, and you want God to co-sign on that. That that, would be your passion. Please, just sign off on what I want. We'll be good, you and me. But he mercifully says no. Because any thought you have that doesn't agree with him is either all wrong or too small. One of the two. All wrong or too small. He's got bigger things for you than just what you have for yourself. Mary, I know you're engaged. And I know this is going to be difficult because your fiancé is not going to believe you when you tell him you're pregnant. Number one, he ain't going to be happy. Gentlemen, hello. Your fiancé come to you and and you've been doing right. I have to qualify that because some of y'all's fiancés that come and say, I'm pregnant, you say, "Uh uh-oh. But if you've been living right, if you haven't been sleeping together, if you've been living right, she comes and tells you she's pregnant, you say, who's the daddy? We through. Who's the daddy? Just want you to know, we through, but I need to know the daddy's name. (laughs) You want to know the daddy. Who's the daddy? You're going to get him. That's what you're going to do. You're going to get him. That's wrong. You didn't hear any justification for you getting the the baby daddy here. What am I going to tell Joseph? How? Yeah, pregnant by God. That doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't fly. It just like never happened in history. Like he's not going to believe me. Like, oh, I would have so many conversations if the angel Gabriel, if I were Mary and he came to me, I would ask so many other questions other than, how can this be? <laughs> I'm proud of Mary. She is my hero. But I would like, can you like talk to mama? Can you go to daddy? Can you, can you tell CNN? Yeah, tell CNN. And they can broadcast it for me. And that makes it really easy for me. Nobody's going to believe me. Nobody's going to believe me. To think I lie and they think I was I was loose uh, can't can't you help us sister? wow I'd have so many things that I'd like him to do other than just make this happen please assist me in the process because you are about to ruin my life you're about to ruin my life God comes to ruin your life to make it better because whatever dream you have is either all wrong or too small. She was happy. Going to get married to Joseph and have children just like everybody else? Have a nice family? That was her dream. God wanted her to have a different kind of family, a different kind of child. And thank God this little girl, this, this 11th grader, said, yes, Lord. God likes to use people that are already busy doing something, ruin your life so He can make it better. Now, the meeting. She is perplexed at the stuff that's going on. The Lord is with you, and he's about to do something special. Don't be afraid because she doesn't exactly know what's going on don't be afraid fear should not be a part of your decision-making process with respect to what you might lose when God tells you to do something if he tells you to do something trust him whatever it costs you you're going to get back on the end better but you need to trust him with all of your heart And don't let fear creep into the equation about what it's going to feel like, what it's going to look like, what you're not going to have, how your life is going to change. Believe me, God understands all those things and he will be with you. That's what you need to know. He will be with you. Fear not. Because you've been favored by God. He says it twice in the greeting and then in the explanation after she is perplexed. Fear not because you have been favored by God for you will have a son and you will, you will call him Jesus and he will sit on his father's throne and his kingdom will have no end now it's not unusual when a woman is engaged a man and woman are engaged where somebody will, will come and say to them someday you're going to have a son or a daughter or a child they say yeah we, we want to have a family that's not unusual. That happens. So why in the world did Mary perceive this to be different than what most people would say? Because she knew it meant now. Now, that's why she says, "How can this be? Since I am a virgin." People want to dispute that the the the, the fact of the virgin birth. Everything about this encounter tells you that Mary knew it was going to happen now not later and that Jesus was not born like any, any of us any prior or any after he was different because she knew something was going to happen in her womb as a result of the word of God that was spoken to her by Gabriel the virgin in Isaiah chapter 7 would, would be with child this was that which the prophet spoke and so he says you're going to have this child and he's going, to, he's going to be amazing he's going to be the Messiah he's the one that everybody has been looking for to, to upset the world system and to set in a new order you get the privilege of burying him and she goes through the process of assimilation and, 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 and at, at the very end she says how can this be now this question is different than the one that I, 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 rec, I rec, uh, recollected earlier from Zechariah who also said when the angel Gabriel came to him you're going to bear a son. Your wife is going to bear a son. He said, how can this be? Now, we know that the verbiage has to be motivated by different things when we, when we see the response from the angel Gabriel in the different circumstances. To Zachariah, he said, I'm going to shut you up for nine months, which is not a favorable response, by the way. That's not what you want to hear. To Mary, he says, the Holy Spirit's coming upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Why? Because her question was not questioning. Zacharias was, how's this going to happen? We ain't even interested in it going on. You got to be kidding me. I'm too old. She's too old. All kind of doubt and unbelief. Not wanting to participate in the will of God. Mary's was, hmm, I don't think I know anybody that's ever had this happen to so if you could like fill me in a little bit that would help whenever you ask a question God's not offended whenever you question He's offended how will this happen? the power of the Most High is going to come on you now let me help you with something the Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit, however he comes. With her, we like to use the language and relegate what is said here specifically to the responsibility to help bear the Christ child. So the power of the Most High will come upon you, and the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. But let's go ahead and use it metaphorically, like Jesus did with respect to the the, the early church. When he said in Acts chapter 1, you know, it's coming a time that the Holy Spirit is coming to you. And don't you leave Jerusalem until you get him. For you know that John baptized with water, but I, in a few days, are going to baptize you with the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the remotest parts of the earth. The Holy Spirit also came upon them, even as the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. For Mary, it was to birth the Christ child. For us, it was to birth the church. Peter, James, John, the Holy Spirit is coming upon you. He is overshadowing you. You are going to be enveloped by him. Indeed, baptized, immersed completely in him so that you can become my witnesses, not just do my witnessing. I'm going to change you. From who you are to something you've never been before so you can accomplish that which I need you to accomplish because in your present state you cannot do it. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, nothing is impossible with God. Trying to help you this morning that the Holy Spirit who came on Mary wants to come on you. And you will not know do the same thing she did because she's a once in humanity circumstance. But he wants to come and burst something through you in your world to help you become what you need to be and do what you need to do. God can make it happen. Our responsibility once we hear this exhortation is to say what Mary said. After she gets all the information she needs. After she gets all the information she's going to get. She realizes that's the end of the conversation. I'm not going to know any more now than if I'd asked more questions. And I'm not quite sure. I, I want the answers even if I got them. Sometimes God's silent because he's merciful. He's just plain merciful. So she says this. Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. Do you know that the angel didn't even ask her for a response. He just said, This is what's going to happen. If This is what God intends. If. And she sits there. I imagine there's a little bit of a pause. Power of the Most High come upon you. Great. Got it. Behold, me, I'm your slave. I'm God's slave. Now, she could have chosen the word diakonos in Greek. She chose the word doulos in Greek. Diakonos means servant. You're a volunteer. You can come and go as you please. Doulos means slave. Lowest form of service in all of the Roman Empire was a slave. Behold, I am his slave. Let it be done to me, just like you say. Again, Brett's flaws, could you do it like this? Could you just stop off before you go back to heaven and talk to Joseph? Could you just have a moment with him like you had with me? That would help. I'd have all kind of stuff. She says, be it done unto me. Exactly like you say. Mary's my hero. Now, I realize the Catholic Church has venerated this woman beyond what I think is proper. I don't think it's right to talk to any dead people. I don't talk to dead people. And I'm mindful that people feel a sense of solace by somehow communicating with the relatives who have passed going to the grave and talking to their mom or dad or child I get it the human soul needs to heal in some way but I have chosen to not do that because I'd rather talk to God generally he has shut off the spigot when they died there's no communication back and if there is You're not talking to the right people. You think you are, but you aren't talking to the right people. So when the Catholic Church prays to Mary, yeah, I'm not into that. But she is amazing. I will be looking at the back of her head. She'll be so close to the throne and I will need binoculars in heaven. Mm. What a woman. Right up there with Moses, David, Joshua, the greatest saints of old. This one here, amazing that she was willing to let God wreck her life without explanation. Nobody believed her. The only way Joseph said yes is that God made him. Came to him in a dream in the middle of the night. Says that Joseph was going to put her away. See, Joseph, the the only way this could really happen was that he had to find a virgin. And he had to find a virgin who was engaged. Because engagement meant that the man had already paid the bride price to secure her hand in marriage to her father. Which was non-refundable. And much more expensive than any engagement ring you got. So he had to find somebody who was already committed because if he went out and just found a virgin, nobody would ever then decide to marry her. And then Jesus would grow up an orphan. An orphan was somebody who didn't have a father, not just a mother, but a father. And so he couldn't have that. He needed somebody to raise Christ and give him a profession to mentor him. And so he had to find a circumstance whereby a woman was a virgin. And yet she was engaged to be married, and the guy couldn't back out. But Joseph was going to back out anyway. It says he was going to send her away with a certificate of divorce, and they, they needed to do that even though they weren't formally married because an engagement was so serious and that he had already paid for it. Depending upon the status of the woman, upwards of hundreds of thousands of dollars in our economy. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's why an older man would always marry a younger woman because it took so long for them to gain enough money to gain enough resources to be able to pay the father for the rights to secure his daughter's hand in marriage because she was so valuable and the father had put so much into it. You look at Jacob in the Old Testament. What did he say when he saw Rachel? What did he say to Laban? She's amazing. I will give you seven years of labor for her. How much you make a year? How much you make a year? Multiplied by seven. That's what it cost him in BC 2000 to marry this woman. Seven years of your salary. Joseph's committed. But even at that commitment, he was willing to say, I can't do it. It's just too much. My reputation's on the line. This woman slept with somebody. I don't, she was worthy of being stoned according to the law. Worthy of being stoned. But he said, I'm not going to do that. I, I, I just send her away. And then the angel came to him in the middle of the night. Said, you better marry this girl. Because that which has been conceived in her is of me. Make this happen. God ruined two lives. Because now Joseph had to walk around with the stigma of saying, You married a a woman who had another man's baby? Or maybe it's your baby. Yeah, about that, no, it's God. Yeah, right, 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 right. What a man. What a man. And you don't hear any justification by them to anybody else for all their days about why they did what they did. They let God be their vindicator. You ready for God to ruin your life? I'll ask it again. Just give me a perfunctory amen, even though you really don't mean it. You ready for God to ruin your life? Thank you much. I just need the encouragement. Let it be done unto me, just like you say, oh God. Just like you say, I'm not going to bypass the cross. You say, I need to die, I need to die. I'm not going to bypass joining church. You say, I need to do that, I need to do that. I'm not going to do it my way, I'm going to do it. Let, Let it be done to me, just like your word says. Let's pray.